That's my. That was actually my nickname in high school. Was Notorious J. So the Notorious J. Walker. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that was my brother. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. <laughs> my brother. Yeah. I. He's in the next cell over. <clears throat> I. Well, you have to. You have to. You know. You gotta have somebody to watch your back. That's right. When you're that level of criminal. Oh yeah. Well, hey, uh, let, this is a, this has been a good amount of nonsense. And I feel like we started this game off. <laughs> but at least, it, at least, you know, at least, kill a lot saved my bacon and pull, <laughs> kind of. I don't know. And brought all that. Brought it all together. Pull it in somehow into the yeah. game. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Of all the slow people, I'm the quickest. That's exactly. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Bite Size Gaming Podcast, the podcast that's serving up a buffet of RPG topics to get you through your week. My name is Zach, and the host joining me this evening are Master Dungeon Master Troy Sandlin and the Dwarven DM himself, John Christian. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Speed speed walking or to good you afternoon, on, the, on the interwebs. Or good morning, or whenever it is that you're actually... We're, yeah. Howdy ho! Folks that just listened to the uh, podcast uh, and don't tune in for the Twitch live miss some really insightful discussion. Mm. Some really our best mm. tips and tricks come in the pre-show. I think they, they really sure do. do. Um, so just you know, hunt us out, seek us down. Some of the us. some of the the most poignant inspirations for your game yep. can be found. Absolutely. Some of yeah. our listeners can can attest mm-hmm. even uh, this very day, th- this very episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, application uh, right at hand. Uh, so, speaking of which, we are going to give you uh, hopefully some tips and tricks later on in this episode uh, for what can quite quasi- possibly uh, possibly be um, uh, a rough class to have at your table. Uh, but before we do that. We're going to dive into some news. Now, our new news segment is the, the hard, fast rule is no Kickstarters. Um, mm-hmm. That's the new one. Um, so, A, we thought maybe we'd have fewer news articles because of that, and I think that's basically been proven true. Um, but also, it lets us maybe marinate uh, or, or kind of uh, uh, settle into what topics we do have every time so it's it will probably be a little bit faster but it's also just about letting some of these topics have time to breathe right mm-hmm. so all right uh so let's start off uh we've talked about this a little bit already but troy you have an official announcement to throw yeah. away officially official today august the 10th 2021 ravenloft Mist Hunters launch day. Uh, I believe like the first two adventures, maybe the first three adventures, are now available on DM's Guild for purchase. Mm-hmm. So this is the official day. Also, uh, they've collected all in this one post the their, the Mist Hunter safety kit with the uh, X cards and things like that to help um, help your table get through some of the more horrific aspects that may or may not rear their ugly heads at your table mm-hmm. and finally the complete mist hunters character creation guide is now available yes. along along with a digital taroka deck 
Have you dabbled in that yet? I have. I have. And there's two sections. There is, if you are not doing it in a group with your DM, you can. There's a there's a section that you can do this on your own. Okay. And then you have the section where it is the DM or even another player guided. Because the play, uh, who, whoever's reading it and, and, and running the character creation can also create their own character, obviously. So, um, mm. there's just a series of questions. There's like a little, there's some box text that kind of give it some flavor as to what's going on. Um, it's interesting. Uh, but, as I have said before, I feel like, you know, it's like, oh, this is a really, the whole thing is a really cool idea that falls short. Hmm. And for me, it's because, and again, self-admittedly, I have not read the entire Van Richten's guide. I mean, we've jumped around, we did our review on it, our several episode review on it. Um, I'm still under the impression that like in the past, each domain is its own thing. Hmm. They, they don't know they're in a, in a, in a strange hmm domain of dread they don't really know that there's other domains of dread out there they only know that hey you can't go past the mists because you'll get Mm. lost kind of a thing um with with this that's kind of stripped away a little bit because you're going to be domain hopping Mm -hmm. they just kind of assume it to me it it makes it feel like oh you know yeah i'm from barovia we're going to we're going over there to Dementia Lou, just a hop, skip, and a jump away. Mm-hmm. And like every, it's, it's, it feels like everybody knows everything that's going on. I'm sure that's not the, the case, but that's the the feel I get as this character generation is going on and playing through the first couple of adventures. It's like instead of instead of giving me this what they gave me as far as the box text for character guided generation. Why don't you tell me why I'm hanging out with Alana Gray and why I'm helping the Guardians and, mm. and stuff like that so that I have a reason to be in the know that, oh, there are. Really? There's other places to go? What? That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And make that part of it. Mm. I feel like I feel like that strips out a lot of the mystique and flavor of Ravenloft and the Domains of Dread when you make it pretty much oh yeah there's people that bounce back and forth all the time besides the Vistani mm-hmm. who used to be the only people that could do that mm-hmm. you had to befriend them or owe them something for them to take you through the mists mm-hmm. and you can start off as one of the new player races which obviously I mean that kind of makes sense mm-hmm. but they allow you to pick a, a dark gift at first mm-hmm. level yeah. and it's like why are you why are you taking all of the the toys away, you know? And, and again, the dark gifts to me are pretty lame this time around because they're more of a benefit than anything. Hmm. None of them really have... I mean, some of them have little nibbly teeth, but there's nothing really horrific or bitey about, some, you know, about those dark gifts, really. But I will say this is... An interesting way to build a character. I I like the idea of, you know, you come into the thing without a character concept. You can 
without a complete character concept, draw some cards, discuss what they mean, get some inspiration from that, and tailor your character to mm-hmm. the campaign. I, I, I dig that idea. I just wish there was more story behind the whys of how things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, I love the idea yes. of what this is doing. Like, so good. I would love to see a document like this, not just with tarot cards for Ravenloft, but just a step-by-step process, this sort of like choose-your-own-adventure-path-almost sort yes. of a, a thing for every campaign that really helps you build a character that fits well with what they're intending the campaign to be about. I think that's a great idea. And and on it, like, if I run Ravenloft for my home for one of my home tables, I will one hundred percent use this. I may mm-hmm. tweak it. I may tweak it. I may get rid of, like you said, the um, the dark gifts or something. Oh yeah, definitely. But this is a great way to do this, and especially if you've got you know a, a tight knit group of people sitting around a table watching each other draw cards and like interpret those cards that I would argue that that's going to be just as much D and D as the actual session one that follows after. Right. Like it's going to be really cool. So, okay. I'll be the, the one person that's, I, I, I think one of the things that I don't like about this though, I actually, I'm not a big fan of it. I think that, uh, I like the idea that they were going for, but I think that the execution of <clears throat> there's really no teeth, no pun intended. There are no there's no real teeth to the the process though, right? It's this um, really nebulous, open ended, which that may be the good part about it, right? Is it's kind of like, it's very open ended and everybody can interpret it as a as a group, right? Uh, but it really doesn't it doesn't really affect anything, right? It doesn't it the only thing that it does is it locks down your ability scores, right? But otherwise. Whatever backgrounds you want, that's fine. Whatever race you want, whatever class you want, all of those things, you can decide every single one of those things as soon, before you even get to the table. So it really doesn't make any difference, right? It might actually help with some of the like characters like glomming together, but otherwise, I just don't see... Like I would do a... John, go ahead, John yep. pause. Yep. I want you to think carefully before you answer this. Yes. In this screen... Roll twenty mm-hmm. or or D and D browser. Did yes. you put audio? I've already got on? it. I fixed it. I muted myself back because I want to clear my throat. I'm good. Okay. Okay. Oh, so where so... do we need to start over? Yes. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, only for a moment. Okay. Whew. Okay. Okay. No, Girk, sorry. Girk says my it didn't affect okay. clean feet anyway. Oh, true. Well, there you go. True, Fair true, enough. true. <laughs> I, my apologies then. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. So just just to let everybody know, uh, probably about uh, fifteen minutes into the, just fast forward on the podcast, you'll be able to hear John. For those that are watching right now. <laughs> uh, but anyway, <laughs> otherwise, I I do like it, and I, I think what I would I, the the bones of it once again from from the team, I like the bones of what they're trying to do. I would probably refactor it pretty considerably. But again, though, it is, if nothing else, it's like this is a really cool thing to show people an idea or a concept of a way of doing something like that and then letting them go and adopt it however they want to. And that's totally fine, too. 
Just because it doesn't work specifically for me doesn't mean that it's something that I'm I'm not dumping on it at all. Um, It's just not – it would have to be heavily refactored for me. I would agree. Like uh, there's there's elements to – like, okay, I love the pitch of tarot cards for character creation. That's what I care about, right? I don't. I don't really care about anything else in this doc, if I'm being honest. Like, but I love that concept. I don't like the really corny box text that they mm, put in yeah. there. Right? Yeah, that was a bit. Yeah. It's so bad. Sometimes, sometimes it's so bad. And and that's why um, I was saying it's like, why aren't you giving me more of a story about? Uh, you've been summoned to Atlantic Ray's office, mm-hmm. and you're talking to him, and. And this, mm-hmm. and you can kind of get what because okay, I'm doing it. I'm going to spoil the concept of what's going on. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. No, you, you're not no. going to stop me. You can't stop. stop me, Zach. You can't stop I, me. I must. You cannot. Okay. Basically, you're you're working for a secret organization that knows there are other domains. Because you, you you learn this in the first adventure, if if Ooh. if it's read right should have warned us ahead of time no i wanted to get you all worked out um <clears throat> but no it's like so it, it's almost like if it would have been pitched this way especially in this character creation doc that you know somebody somebody out there is putting together like a league of extraordinary gentlemen type of things for the domains of dread and you're it that would be, I was like, okay, now I get it. Now I know why I come from one of the domains because in the past, all your player characters came from, you know, Mm. Kryn or or somewhere else and got sucked in by the mists. But now it's like you have to come from one of these other domains to make this thing work. It's like, okay, well, that makes no sense to me. Why? And you don't know. You don't know until you mm. actually start playing as to the why of it. Mm. So, if it were me running this, I would I would actually like to you know get all fourteen of these modules, these adventures, and run it as a home campaign. And I would do just that. I would beef up the aspect of Atlantic going to the different domains to find each individual character. And have a one-on-one session or something like that with with each player, mm. as Atlantic Ray bringing you into the fold for this for these this dire mission because it's a it's a it's a decently cool story. I mean, we've only got the foot what first three adventures anyway, but I mean, it, it, I think it seems kind of cool. And mm-hmm. with the, the tarot cards, if if done correctly each individual character from all the different domains is somehow tied together because of those cards. And that's the reason why you're being singled out and pulled in. Hmm. I think that's a really cool idea, but I feel like you do that at your first table with your first group of people that you're playing with. You go to the next Mm -hmm. table. You don't have any of those people with you. You're no longer tied together by those cards. Hmm. It it makes it now no different than any normal game, because you made your character a certain way. Without those other four people, you no longer are tied together. Oh, okay. So it's just like any other game, you know. It just it just seems. I like the idea. I think it could use some work. It would be hmm. great for a home campaign. 
There you go. Love it. Well, I'm sure this won't be the last time that we talk about the Mist Hunters in general, because I think uh, we'll end, all end up running bits and pieces, or maybe the whole thing. Uh, yeah. Throughout the rest of the I, year. I, I definitely would like to run it at some point. Cool. Awesome. All right. Uh, so the next topic on the list uh, is one that I found. Um, so we don't talk basically at all about wargaming, you know, mm. tactical board games uh, on on this podcast. I don't even know, fellas, are you, have you ever meddled with that stuff? I went to a friend's house and I used his miniatures and he showed me how to play 40k once. Mm. Uh, I've played, that's like my, the extent of my tabletop war, like if we're talking like just miniatures wargaming, that's the extent of it. But then I know probably more than the like the, the average non-nerd about mm-hmm. Warhammer. Just from mm-hmm. but that's only from oh, playing the yeah. role playing game. For sure. From playing like a, a rogue trader in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I know about the lore, I just don't know I, I played Necromunda for quite a while. Okay. Mm-hmm. There you go. I enjoyed that. Uh I, I know enough about Games Workshop to know that I don't particularly care for Games Workshop. <laughs> there you go. Um, as a company. But, uh, I mean, you can't... Oh, I can't believe I forgot this. One of my all-time favorite games, Warhammer Quest. Okay. Absolutely loved that game. It is, it is taking, like, the Warhammer rules and making it into kind of a... a Dungeon Masterless D and D game. It's all done with with cards that you pull, you draw, and it lays out the next uh, tile in the dungeon. And somewhere in the deck is your your goal, which the the big treasure, the big bad, other other decks of the monsters that are coming out, and you gain levels and you gain treasure. And, and, and it's just basically fight monsters, loot their stuff, defeat the dungeon. Roll on this chart to get back to town. Oh, something hurt you really bad, so now you have a limp, so your speed is lower, you know, and then rinse and repeat. As little or as much role-playing as you wanted to put into it, it's like a, like a video game. And you could just do that for hours, and it was great. And they just released it not too long ago. Re-released it. And this is really? one, re- it's one of the reasons why I dislike Games Workshop. It was a, I mean, everybody was so stoked. It was going to be part of their, the new stuff that they were going to be producing. Mm-hmm. That was how they touted it. Uh, they printed the boxes. You could pre-order it. It got sold out. Okay, yeah, we're not going to print it anymore. Mm. It's like, you, you, wait a minute, you just said that you were going to keep printing it. What, what happened? Well, we're not going to print it anymore. Same way, I think I think they're doing the same thing with the 40k version of it, hmm. and they keep doing this. They have really cool standalone games that they'll print for a while and then yoink off the shelf. I bet that it's something. T- I, I don't know this for a fact. All right, this is just me guessing, but I would guess that they're using those games as a quick way to justify certain models, certain certain miniatures, or to uh, make some extra money off of it because because. Once you have the miniatures and you've done all the tooling and all of that, it's really easy. It's really cheap to reapply those in other settings or, or games or elements. So 
Oh, yeah. But there's nothing really cheap about Games Workshop stuff, that's for sure. <laughs> that's true. It's cheap on their end, not on yours. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's so true. Uh, well, here, let me talk to you about this. Yes, bring it I, on. I, I want to I pitch you um, the Kill Team reboot. Um, so I am not a I, – I, I do a lot of uh, – I've done some War Machine. I've dabbled slightly in, in the Warhammer uh, 40K stuff. Big fan of the setting, and then um, um, I've done other miniature games like like X Wing and things like that. Um, what I like about this, okay, so Kill Team is like small scale skirmishes. That's this product line, right? And uh, the article that that we're going to be sharing with you talks about that that line, the Kill Team line, launching in two thousand four, and then it was rebooted in two thousand eighteen. And now it's being rebooted again, um, and it's called Kill Team Octarius. And their goal, so there's going to be like a, a couple of different modes for it. There's a casual mode, there's a competitive mode, and then the thing that made me bring it up tonight is there is a spec ops narrative mode. And the idea being that you, it's not just nameless soldiers on the battlefield, but you carry your team through a, a campaign story. Um, they really reworked the core book to make it, uh, A, the rules more streamlined and easy to pick up, but also to incorporate storytelling and narrative aspects into the game. And... Um, I really like like in my opinion um, games workshop stuff can be pretty dense and hard to maneuver through at times uh, by this article's account this is their best cleanest rule set to date um, and it really has you can they feel like influences of Dungeons and Dragons written all over it hmm uh, I think the hardest selling point is you get uh, uh, you get a collection of minis. I, I want to say it's not a bad collection. I want to say you get like twelve or so minis per per team, um, and you get two teams, so basically probably about 24, 26 minis. Uh, the hard sell is that I think it's going to be one hundred and sixty bucks <laughs> for the core book. And that those minis, right? That's pretty uh, standard. That's pretty standard for Games Workshop, right? Yep. Like, yep. if you're used to an RPG, if you're coming from the TTRPG into minis, tactic mini games, you're gonna, you know, have a hard pill to swallow. But I think for their own lines, that's that's a pretty re reasonable ask. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's really nice. it's really standard with with how they because that. Uh, that re-release of Warhammer Quest was, I think, 170. Mm -hmm. Something like that. I, I'm not sure that I will... I, I'm pretty certain that I will not go out and buy these. But I would love to try this. That's that's kind of where I'm sitting at it. Is I would love to find somebody who's going to buy this, sit down, and learn to play it. Because uh, I'd love a, little, a game that scratches the tactics itch a bit more. But isn't just... 
uh, me getting out a measuring tape mm-hmm. for four hours or six hours or eight hours. This, this very much sounds like what Necromunda was because you could level up your gangers mm-hmm. uh, and you would take them to the next event and you you could run a campaign and the idea was to have multiple people that each have have their their gangs and you it's basically a race for architect mm-hmm. and yeah it, if you you have to keep track of your wounds and then at the end you roll on charts to see if those wounds are healed or if they're mm-hmm. if they stick around mm-hmm. you can add feats and stuff you can your juves which were your juvenile gangers you could level them up eventually to become full-fledged gangers and you have to change out the mini hmm. you know for it 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 was fun i sucked i was horrible <laughs> i don't think i ever won a game i had yeah. i had a guy that i think had like a 1 for movement yeah it was yeah he was one of my heavies so he i he could shoot clear across the board if i had the vantage point I could never, never, I could never get him anywhere. Because <laughs> I, I think he only had, you know, half of a leg. Mm-hmm. The other was gone. He just had they half a leg. Paul. Yeah, and they would just pick him off as he's running or hobbling to the next mm. piece of cover. Yeah, it was, it was bad. I got suckered hardcore into the X-wing game, mm. and I want to say that I spent now for for for. Again, tag these mini games this is probably not a big deal, but I want to say I spent well over five hundred dollars on that game in like a year. Wow! Just mini after mini after mini after mini because they they had all the little ships. Were so oh cool, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And you imagine these awesome fights, right? You'd get out and we'd get out all the stuff and lay it out on the table, and you know you just imagine these amazing dog fights and space battles and oh there's han solo zipping around in the millennium falcon and oh i have the han solo like to the fantasy was real but then you sit down and it's like oh you're gonna turn a dial and you're gonna everybody's gonna like get out a ruler and measure mm-hmm. and then oh mm-hmm. uh you you outmaneuvered me so it doesn't i don't do anything and oh i oh i guess i didn't have the ruler quite perfectly set up and so when I went to actually lay it down, I ran into an asteroid and died. Great. Awesome. That's handy. <laughs> I'm sure that Luke Skywalker like would have fun. actually done that um, in his X-Wing. Uh, just ran into an asteroid for no reason. Cool. Well, he was he was using the, the, the Force Ruler. Yeah. Yeah. Or, like, like, there's nothing worse. There's nothing worse in an X-Wing game than losing because you accidentally brushed your mini off the edge of the table. That's what, and the rules is that if your flight trajectory at any point crosses over the edge of the table, you die. Hmm. Uh, anyhow, it because space ends. Right. Thank you. Flat Thank earthers. You. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Flat uh, earthers so, wrote the game. That's right. Um, anyhow, I, I I ended up selling a bunch of those models, and that broke my heart because I love looking at them, but it wasn't worth holding on to. Six hundred dollars worth of plastic. Uh, well, hey, let's move on to happier times. Um, John, you've got another uh, thing from Watson here. I do. All right, so there's a new survey out uh, that just came out a day or two, uh, yesterday, actually. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. A uh, couple of interesting things on this one is, uh, first of all, the survey links are, there are six different languages for these surveys. Whoa. 
One that surprised me was Japanese. And the main reason why is because uh, D&D is not that big in Japan. It never really mm. has been. Call of Cthulhu is Huge. a juggernaut oh, yeah. in Japan. They really love J- uh, Call of Cthulhu over there. But cool to see it here. Anyway, uh, this survey really focuses on like the transitioning the Magic the Gathering players over to D&D and back and forth. So they want. I think what they wanted to try to see was now that you know you kind of got the, it's the Oreo. You mix some of my chocolate in my peanut or not Oreo, but the Reese's cup. Uh, so you put my chocolate in my peanut butter kind of thing. You see, you've got uh, Magic the Gathering and D and D doing these crossovers between one another. They want to see like who's willing to answer a survey that's on the D and D website about like how you the transition happened. How long have you been playing one game? Are you really into this? Would you recommend it? Of course, it's the, uh, you know, the scale of one to 10. How likely are you to, uh, uh, to recommend playing Magic the Gathering? Like what kind of a Magic the Gathering play, uh, game do you play? Do you play in tournaments? Do you play, uh, what rules are you using? Standard rules, home rules, um, mm. all cards, you know, select specific, whatever. How long have you been playing D&D? How often do you play uh, run games, et cetera, et cetera. No surprises in here, I think, this time. I didn't see anything about a virtual tabletop. Did you guys hear anything about that that I may have, may I have missed? Heard anything about I didn't it, see no. anything about a virtual, no. Um, I would say that I felt like there was a surprise in here. Mm. And that is the insane amount of Magic the Gathering questions that you can yes. lock yourself into. Yep. It's basically, if you check yes on any of the early questions about Magic the Gathering, it becomes a Magic the Gathering survey. Yep. 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 Go Which, down that, that branch of the tree. Yeah. 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 Yep. Uh, so, it's just, I found it's interesting that we're already getting another survey. We just, I feel like uh, the surveys are coming more and uh, more and more rapid fire now, which is fine. Um, but it'll be, it's interesting to see. I, I wish I could see the back end of this thing. That's what I want to see. Like, what are they going to do with the numbers? What does it really even mean? How many people answered? What questions were they answering? It would be, it'd be neat if we could, like, be a fly on the wall in Watsi headquarters whenever they're going over the numbers. In terms, there, there, there's one thing that's really interesting about this survey. Uh, if you, if what I've been seeing a lot of folks say is that. If you are above a certain age bracket, and I think that age isn't super high, like the survey is way faster, way shorter. Really? Um, so it, it seems there's an implication. I don't have any data to back this up other than just seeing the forum talk and comment threads. But it seems like they're really keen to know what a very, what the very young, and I say very young, meaning younger than me, <laughs> uh, D and D audience uh, is interested in right now. Hmm. Well, and the I think the problem with that though is that is people gaming the system. You know, like mm-hmm. intentionally. Well, I want mine to matter, my opinion to matter more. So I'm going to make sure that I answer that I'm 18 years old and I'm a, I'm female. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sure. Which is going to completely skew all of the, all of the numbers if you get yeah. if you get if any trolling whatsoever happens with these surveys. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you get yeah. you know a handful of people on Reddit or 
somewhere on 4chan. They all they combine forces and they firebomb the yeah. crap out of these surveys. They make them completely ineffective. Whenever you yeah. do that. Well, job. they'll just put out they'll put out a new survey next week and it'll be fine. So, like <laughs> like that's what they're doing anyways, right? Like oh yeah, unless you're gonna it organize weekly, a, right? a, yeah. a party every every three weeks, uh, they're gonna get their data one way or another. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm about. If you are out there listening, watching, or otherwise, and you feel like feel so inclined, I think it's still important for your voice to be heard, no matter what age you are, Watsy. Mm. <laughs> uh, answer those and, questions. And this could just be certain aspects of the community feeling like, you know, they're reading too much into true. the length of their survey versus somebody else's. It may not be true at all. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that that's a pretty quick one. And then I've yeah. got one uh, right after that that I thought was even more interesting uh, and that is uh the D celebration tickets are already for uh for D celebration are being sold maybe question mark it's not a real uh, what's that ticket. it's not a real it ticket. is a ticket but this ticket costs 25 bucks right mm-hmm. so if you if you look at the the options that they've got on here you've got uh, it's in. There are three different options, if you, and it's uh-huh. on. It's what's also interesting. It's on the mtgproshop.com. It's not a Magic yeah. the Gathering shop, but that's the interesting. But not, not shouldn't yeah. be too surprising. But you've got the option to buy a T-shirt of Beyond the Wild Beyond the Witch Light with D and D Celebration logo on the right sho- uh, mm-hmm. shoulder or arm piece. Uh, then option two. For another fifty bucks, another twenty-five bucks. Excuse me, it's twenty-five bucks if you want a shirt. If you want, uh, for fifty bucks though, you get early game registration code for D and D celebration. That's what the ticket is supposed to represent. Then you get a commemorative golden carnival ticket, a tw- a uh, the Witchlight tea, and then in addition, you also get a twelve-page Heroes Feast cookbooklet. So I wonder if it's maybe like some excerpts from the Heroes Feast that are face-centric, maybe, that have been kind of mm-hmm. uh, curated and put into this little booklet, perhaps, right? It says the perfect then, brunch to venture, before, the perfect brunch before venturing on to the Prismere. So it probably is fake-themed, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then option three is all of the above and a plus a double-sided playmat. With the Witchlight Carnival on one side, and then the Land of Prismere on the other. Uh, mm. The like my my thing though is it's a hundred and ten dollars, so sixty dollars for that mat. Yeah, that's like for quite a, a for a thirteen and essentially fourteen inch by twenty four inch mat. Mm-hmm. It's pretty friggin' small. Yeah, for it's double sided, but for sixty bucks, that is friggin' steep. That's a rough request right there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but again, what I find absolutely fascinating is about this is like the the circles that we run in, and about whether or not the circles that we run in, if uh, Dave even knew about this, is mm. what I'm getting at. I'm curious. Didn't. Yeah. So they're they're selling tickets to a thing that you know that he may or may not be running things for. Like, how does that work in all of this? Which department mm-hmm. came up with this? You know, that's, and this is, mm-hmm. you know, it's obviously thought out because mm-hmm. um, they they got all the bells and whistles on it on the uh, yeah. on the sales page. So, mm. early game registration for the D, for D and D celebration. If you want to guarantee your seat, you can go out there and you could spend fifty bucks mm-hmm. and you get a t shirt and a game. Right. Hey, I, th- th- like if you like that artwork, that looks like a really nice t shirt. 
It is a nice so, t-shirt. I, I think I think twenty five bucks for that t-shirt is not an unreasonable ask. This I agree with a, that. a clean statement. Yeah. I don't, and I, I think that having the little, I, I don't think that any of these are a bad deal until you get to the playmat. But maybe 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 MTG playmats are way more expensive, like officially licensed ones, than I knew or had any indication about. So that that could be so. Right. <clears throat> All right. Well, um, D and D celebration pre-orders and t-shirts and swag and also that's cool though i like that they're doing i like that they're actually doing some swag for the event i think that makes it more feel like more of an event so yeah yeah interesting uh, on that on that let me stick on that subject for, just for a second one of the things that we'd lamented this past year was D live did not yeah. have a play component to it for the public yeah. yeah from what i'm hearing now the scuttlebutt is that that's live from now on that's live D yeah. live is a multi is a media event yeah. It's uh, and then D and D celebration is about the players, but D and D live is about publicizing and the D and D celebrities mm-hmm. uh, and celebrities that don't know anything about D and D coming pulled in off the street and playing games. Which, like, okay, good. and That's I'm going to editorialize just for a moment about D and D live, and hopefully this doesn't make Watsy hate me at all. But that they it was stupid. Yeah, the whole, like I watched, I try, I watched as much of as of it as I could stomach, and it was just so awkward. Mm. It was so awkward, especially like the stuff that was on G four with people that do they play D anD D at all? It was mm. just wow. I don't, I don't know. It, just, it was uh, it was a it was a train wreck that I did not want to watch at all. Yeah, I would I would agree to that. I would agree to that. I I do not like this direction. It was cringy. That's what yeah. I was thinking about. Cringy. Yeah. Holy I do, crap. I, I do not like the direction Watsi is taking this. It's like I don't understand the concept of hey, here's a thing that has been in the hands of nerds since it was created and we you were picked on and you were looked down on and you were treated like dirt for liking this <laughs> this game this hobby now it's popular now it's cool and D&D live is supposed to have like big announcements and like show you what's coming and all this stuff but you know what we don't want you to play it we want you to watch the pretty people play it and you all just sit back and watch and wait for your turn. Mm. It's like, look, this was ours before, you know, we were rock and roll before rock and roll was cool. Oh, you better be careful, Troy. You're, you better you sound be like careful, such an gatekeeper. No, I'm easy. I'm, what I'm easy. saying is, you're <laughs> trying, they're trying to get us excited about what's coming next. Mm-hmm. Let us play it. Last, you know, last year at D and D Live, people got to play the new stuff. Let me posit something. Let me posit something, and I, I don't disagree with you, but let me posit something to you. I'm going to suggest that the majority of D and D fans do not play D and D, and probably will not play D and D, and instead watch D and D. So the they aren't going to watch Troy and and no. Troy run a game. And they're not going to watch that, and they're not going to watch 
and they're not going to buy a ticket for you running the game or me or whoever, right? They're not going to nobody's get, they're not going to do that, but they will sit down and watch Jack Black play a game for four hours mm-hmm. because that's D and D to them is watching it on the TV. Uh, I I see what you're saying, but I also kind of disagree because yes, the vast majority of D and D fans probably do not play D and D; they watch Critical Role. They don't watch just D and D willy nilly. Mm-hmm. They watch Critical Role, and that's what makes them D and D fans. They're probably not going to jump on D and D Live and watch the new hotness coming out and be talked about. Why? It's not Critical Role. They don't care. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. unless unless yeah. they're an, yeah. enjoying Critical Role enough that they're they're like, hey, I want to try this. I want to. I want to see what it's actually like to sit at the table and play the game. But it's like, then let D and D is a game to be played. Yes, you can watch it, and it's out there to be watched and shared. And you can have the celebrities get on there and watch it, and and, and watch them play it, and all this kind of cool stuff. Jack Black is playing D and D. Awesome. Yeah, check that out. That's fun. Mm-hmm. But it's a game. It's to be played, and it's to be shared, not. You peasants sit back and watch the the, the beautiful people play, <laughs> and they don't even really play it. It's not how it's not how the the vast majority of D and D players play the game. It's just like we're all here just to make a whole bunch of jokes and improve each 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 individual's personal brand kind of thing. It's like why is that? Why does that make sense as a marketing ploy? I don't let me say this. I don't personally I don't mind that they they put the two they kind of like have two different things that they do, mm-hmm. right? If D&D celebration is 100% all in for the players, it's to get them juiced up about whatever it is that D&D is doing at that point, great. And if they want to use D&D live as a way of it's marketing, it's like a 72-hour long commercial with celebrities awkward It's like E3 whatever. Right, right. If that's what they want to do, fine. They, I would ask them not to do it so terribly next time. That would be my only ask. It was, it was, it was just. I had to like kind of skip through things because it was just it. It was bad. Like I don't know how else to put it than that. It just it was vapid. It was completely joyless. It mm. was awkward. It mm. was com- entirely insincere. It was like this. Mm. They tried to they tried to polish a turd, and it was awful. Oh, God, it was so Whew. bad. I uh, I was sorry, trying to sorry, Watsy. I love you, but I was trying to search through the videos to find information about the DM challenge because mm. I wanted to see who was announced, you know. And so I went to the the YouTube page and was looking down for DM challenge, and I mm. found a video. It's like, oh, sweet. They have a whole video that they're going to announce everything and tell people what's going on. That's great. I watch it. No. It's these hosts from... Oh, I saw that. G4. It was awful. Quizzing each other on, like, DM stuff. And it's like... awful. What is this? And it was awful. This is stupid. It's horrible. Look, I... Like... Well, look. For everybody listening out there, for Watsi out there, if you're listening and you haven't already, like... You know, put me on perma band for for everything at this point. Please hear me out. Like I'm, I'm not one of those that's like, I, like I, I'm into social media. I, I'm, in, I'm into new media. I, I like 
I, I do like watching, you know, I, I'm a, like a, I subscribe on YouTube and I, I watch Twitch and a bunch of other stuff. So it's not that I'm not crapping on like that. That's not my D and D. My D and D has got to be X, Y, Z. That's Troy doing that. No, okay. <laughs> that, that is totally not what I'm doing. Okay. Okay. They're no, doing it. What I'm saying, no, right. What I'm saying though, is that it's not that I don't like the direction that you're going in with that. If that's what you want to do. It's that's fine. And if, I know this is a learning curve and to, not to beat Watsy up too, too much, this is the first time that they really try to do this level of a thing like this, right? It's it's been broadcast here and there, and it, but it hasn't been like this twenty four hour feed with dozens of different people, and like I'm just the personalities I think were some of the ones that just seemed really it was, it was just super hokey. It was obvious what it was. Maybe that's the maybe that's part of the problem. Yeah. Everybody, I already know what it is. I don't mind it being what it is, but it was so poorly veneered with being something else. Like I get you want to sell it, so sell it, right? Maybe get some some like there have to be a ton of people in Hollywood. Like for God's sake, man, get uh, Matthew Vaughn on to play D anD D or anybody at Joe Manganiello's table. All of these writers that play instead of like pre, like. Just Joe Schmo actor off of the street. I'll, I'll tell you, I I totally agree with you, and, and I I'm going to take it one step further. Watch this the, is the I, episode. Just I know so you guys know. I know you're listening <laughs> because I'm sure. But if you want to make next D and D live better, and you're not going to let the fans actually play like you did in 2020, which mm -hmm. was a really good move to do. Anyway, the way to do it is to. Mix up the tables. Because that, I think, is one of the biggest cringe factors of watching these things. Is you've got, oh, there's four comedians playing D&D &D together. Mm. Oh, there's four professional wrestlers mm. playing D&D. &D. Mix up the tables. I mean, that's how it's played. That's how it's done at conventions. It's... Random tables have a pro wrestler with Jack Black and you know uh, somebody else, and maybe even uh, a winner of some contest gets to play at that table. You know, ran by Deborah Ann Wall or or Kate Welcher, yeah. whoever it might be. But mix them up because it, it's it makes it a little stale. It's cool that you got these people to play the game. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. But it makes it feel forced. And if I'm going to watch a game with four comedians, I'm going to expect it to all be just ha-ha funny funny all the time. And a lot of times, guess what? It's not. Mm. So mix it up. Make it. Well, more I would just be like satisfied with having more people that actually give a crap about playing D&D. &D. Oh, yeah. That would be cool. People that actually play D&D... Those are the people that I'd like to see at the table. I'd love that. That'd be great. People, not like, I, I think it's great that they wanted to bring in people and do that, like, fish out of the water kind of thing with Kevin Smith, who's probably never played D&D before at all. Never, right? Never I, I get that. Uh, once Maybe or twice. That's a, like, that's but a it was shtick, on a show, yeah. And that's the gimmick. I get that. That's fine if you do that here and there. But, like, I want to, like, 
the ones that I loved watching the most are the ones where they're as into it as the rest of us are when we're at the table. Even if it's their kind of game, right? Mm-hmm. They don't have to play it the way that I play it. They don't have to act it out the way that I, I like it or whatever. Nope. I just want to see this, like, I want to see genuineness, some sincerity in there. It The whole thing just smacked of, like, a snake oil pitch. And it just <laughs> totally turned yeah. me off. Yeah. But that's on part. That, that, that was intentional, John. That was, you know, they were hyping Witchlight, so... Again, that's fine. I know that. But it's like making it so offensively obvious. And making me, like, it's like you're talking down to me. Like, I already know what this is, man. I already know what this is. Don't act like it's anything else other than what it actually is. But if you can get, like, but you can also kind of buck the odds, or you can buck against it by saying, like, yeah, 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 we're all selling Twitch light here, whatever, but we're going to bring in some people that are really passionate about D&D. Well, there are writers and comedians and actors and other fame. There are famous people out there that play the crap out of this game on the regular that you can bring in and you could you could reach out to instead of bringing in just, like, what it really is is actors that are trying to expand their brand and they're shine and trying to put their own shine on that are using, using a D&D as a step stool to do that it's, and it's and it seems exactly like what it actually is, ends up being. That I mean, that may be, but it's like I I'm pretty sure like all the professional wrestlers, except for maybe one, this time around actually play. And that's fine if and, they play. And I'm, and I'm just saying, the, yeah, yeah, if they or and if you have a new person that is, has always wanted to play, a new professional wrestler that has always wanted to play, fine, but just mix up the table, make it. Mm. I don't know. It just it it just seems it seems way too fake. And it, it, yeah, it is it is just overly joyless, passionless. And, it is yeah. passionless. That's it's it is vapid, hollow, passionless crap <laughs> that I want to succeed for God's sake. Here, like for the for the people in Watsi in the back, no. I've already I do got the sound bite. This to, I've already got the sound bite. That's all we post need. it. No. That's all we need. on the Twitters. <laughs> yep, there you go. <sighs> let let the players play. Let them play. Let them eat. Let, let them eat them cake. Play. Let them eat cake. More like no, that. not from the Witchlight Carnival. Oh, you'll, you'll take custard damage. I'll bet. It's, I'll bet it's delicious. I'll take that custard damage. Oh my gosh! All right, well here. We are Let's... 45 minutes, 50 minutes into this thing. Is this the episode? Or are we going to actually, we're going to try to, this might are we going to try to do the next bit? Uh, that is, <laughs> I, that let's just, is let's just go up for to it. you. Let's just go, man. Let's just go. Let's just go for it. <laughs> That's, that sounds great. Let's, let's go. Let's, have it. let's refill our drinks and yeah. let's get back into this. Troy can insert cup filling sound it's insert cup run, run, running over of yeah. grumpiness grumpy juice yes and we're I back tried to be positive about it i tried i was positive no. i, I tried was. to well i'm not saying that you weren't I was i'm just saying that i was trying need, to be like they need to have players play he, he, here's bro he'll hear me out here, here's here's what people in the twitch this is a peek behind the curtains sometimes sometimes we record these episodes and then three days later, Troy goes to edit them down. And John and I get a message that's like, man, John, you were really shitting on D&D. 
<laughs> and and John's like, no, 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 I wasn't. And Troy will be like, you said it's tepid, and then you doubled down on tepid. <laughs> yeah, I did that this time for sure. But I'll yeah, be yeah, honest, yeah. man. And I, like, I, I hey, do listen, want to. I wanted hey, to listen. I'm not. You know what? It, I'm sticking to it. Whatever it yeah, is, I'll no, get my. No, no. I'll take it. Oh, it's great. It's if, great. It's if great. Jeremy it's Crawford that... asked me right now if that's how I felt, yeah, that's how I feel yeah. about it. No, no, no. I'm. I enjoy all of it. I just. Uh, I enjoy. You're just the smartest like that. person between it's, the three of us. Dummies. No, here is what it's you, what you're saying. It's you're the it's quietest. like that. It's like <laughs> it's like we went out drinking on a Friday night, and and Troy was the designated mm. driver, and he's mm. the one who gets to remember everything that you forgot <laughs> or didn't know you said. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, I did not say that. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. You said it, it twice, actually. Here it is. <laughs> you, said, oh. you said it twice. And I said it twice. I'll send it to you. Yeah. yeah oh. See, Craig saying, you know, we were just saying what he was thinking. At least he was thinking. I don't know about everybody else. Did they? Yeah. How many people just jumped out of the out of the chat? Said, oh, nope, they're still there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, here, let's talk about fighter because I'm 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 happy to say some mean things about the fighter. Um, oh, all right. Cool. That's that's the heart of our talk tonight is uh, chatting about another class. We've done a few of these classes already, right? We've done the Cleric. Help me out here, Troy. Which ones have we done? We've done the Cleric and the Ranger. The Ranger and... Have we done the Warlock? Did we do the Warlock? We did the Warlock. Yeah. Sorcerer. Nope. Nope. We we touched on Sorcerer, but... I got lots to talk about the Sorcerer. Yeah. Yeah. Monk? Did we talk about Monk yet? No. 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 This is the fourth one. This is the fourth one. No, and I honestly, I had insisted that the fourth one be one that at least two of us adored, but Troy suggested fighter, and so hopefully, hopefully the two of you adore it, because um, because we're about to get into it. All right, so fighter. Um, <clears throat> fighter, fighter. Yeah, it's okay. So I'll, I'll start us off with I think. The easiest thing that I can I can say is what I said last week when we broached this topic. Um, the fighter feels like the first class that they made when designing 5e. And they were like, let's lay a foundation for play. What does an action look like? What does an attack look like? What is, how, how is all the base core mechanics, how do they all function? Let's lay all that out. That's going to be the fighter. Now let's build the interesting stuff that adds layers to this to this game, right? The fighter has never truly risen above the building blocks that every other class has gotten to build on top of, in my opinion. How do you feel about that, John? You look, pon- you look ponderous. Okay, it's my, well, my my opinion on a fighter is that fighter class is not a, a net, would never be a class that I would stay in. Yeah, but it's a class that I'll dip into happily. Two levels of fighter, that's good stuff right there. That's good juice. Throw that into your cleric, your paladin. That's good that's, stuff right there. That's a sorry excuse for a class though. That two levels. Oh, I'm not. That's good. not me championing it as a class. What I'm saying is like 10%. that's about all I can really. Like I'm not gonna go into it. I'm not in it for the long yeah. haul at all. Yeah. You'll never see me play a level twenty fighter or a level ten fighter. Even for that I've matter. heard I've heard folks argue that 
fighter champion or different fighter classes are really good entry level stuff. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to learn oh, yeah. D&D, I would say that that's true for about half a session. Especially if you have combat during that session. Mm-hmm. Or not combat because the fighter is really pointless outside of combat. But let's say that you're in combat with a fighter. It takes about a combat where you're looking around and being like, what what are they doing again? Oh, oh you have options? Mm-hmm. You have options? You have, you you pick spells? Oh, you you have like a thing that you can do like on every bonus action? That's cool. Um, oh, I, I guess I'll swing my sword. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the champion um, is boring. Yep. But it is exactly like with it, it with is. people that have never played D anD D before, and if I, I bring in one person into the to the table, every single time I'll put I will recommend the champion fighter to them just because of how simple really? it is for them to run. Really, I would not. I I think that that's the that could be the bane of a mm. new player. Now there might be if you know, what do you mean here? If you bring your mom to the table. Maybe she does can't handle much, and so a fighter is great because she only wants to roll two dice, and she never wants to do any math. Great, that that's a fighter. You don't want to have to make a decision. You just want to roll the one dice every round. But I would argue that if you're really going to hook somebody, give them something with some amount of meat. Trust that the average person can handle a first-level character of virtually any class. Well, see, the, the, what I end up doing with them, though, is in, whenever they hit fourth level, I'll throw a feat at them instead of going for in order to add an, an additional layer of complexity to the to the character or to the to that class and give them more options as they go as I'll add feats I'll give them magical items that they can do stuff with that's more utilitarian than combat oriented because their mechanics are kind of leaning towards that combat for them um, but again it's just it boils down to like them sitting down and not being completely overwhelmed by options the last person like everybody wants to be a wizard Whenever if you try to sit down and play a wizard for the first time, it's completely overwhelming. Even if you say here, here are like only like five spells that you can choose from, it can be really overwhelming to them. Well, what what is duration and uh, action type and uh, what like what are the components? What is this? There's just so much for them to do as opposed to all right. Don't worry about anything else in your head. You've got a a big hammer. What do you want to do with it? Swing it, right? And then then build off of that as they go. Not for everybody, but for like the simplest point of entry is why I, what I use that that fighter subclass subtype for, or subclass. Hmm. 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 I'm convinced I, is what it sounds like I'm, to me. I am unconvinced. I'm gonna I'm gonna strongly say uh, that, and I could be wrong. You know what? I could be wrong. But uh, I've. In my experience, I've yet to run across a player who couldn't handle a barbarian, or a rogue, or a mm-hmm. ranger, or a cleric, or a monk. That has never played or... D&D before. That's yeah. never played a tabletop role-playing yeah. game before. Yeah, yeah. I, you're you're going to have an entry level of rolling dice, right? Obviously, all of those people come in a little bit confused. But I'm telling you, half a session in, if you've done all things being equal... If you've actually done the work up front to do for them to understand the basic concept of the game, they figured out the fighter half, by half a session, um, and the they're looking for fighter, they're right? looking for something. I mean, mm-hmm. 
But that's what yeah, you want. I mean, you want them. That's what I'm saying. Though, it's like you want them to figure it out so that they can just like be free to go ahead and enjoy the rest of it instead of having to like worry about see, all of the the tiddly bits in it. What I end up seeing though is that people who play who start off with a fighter at first level who are learning see the wizards doing the cool things and the druids mm-hmm. doing the cool things and everybody else doing the cool thing and so they try to do the cool thing and so what they have to do that's cool is embellishment right mm-hmm. i want to run up and i want to i want to slop off that guy's arm i want to shoot that guy with my bow and arrow and i want to you know hit him in the eye and none of that is actual things in D&D, but what they're trying to communicate is, I want to do something that's exciting mm-hmm. more than just, I swung a sword, I hit something, I moved on. But then that's on us, right? Then I say, yeah, 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 absolutely. Let's do that. Uh, you, you don't hit him directly in the eye, but you graze him, and now he's kind of like blinded or whatever, right? So to me, I don't, again, I don't want them worried about the mechanics of D&D. I want them just to be able to play D&D. And I'm like, and what that does is I, I can only manage one new player that's like at that level of new, like to, I want to be able to give them that attention, right? I can't do that with every single, if I got a table full of players, no one wants, like I'm not going to have four champion fighters all running at the same time. It just kind of is what it is. But if I'm bringing them into a, with other players that they know, A, it's usually a war, it's a one shot so that mm-hmm. whenever we're done, like cool, you've played D&D, you've played a fighter, you saw everybody else do their thing, now, Let's work on a character that you're actually interested in playing. And like let's talk about like these other options that you've got okay. to see what Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. No, you, no, are you I, still I, in I, no, 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 no. I, I, you, you know laughed what? at me you know just though. No. I'm willing to give you all right, tell you what. I will willingly give you you can use the fighter as an introductory level thing. Uh, because I love the statement that you just made and I'll just carry that into my argument, which is cool, you want to play a character that you actually want to play? <laughs> Okay, you're using my words against me. I will. I that's will rephrase. Job. That's Thank my you. job. Troy, that's Troy's open. job. Damn it! No, I, then I will rephrase. Is that a character that you are interested in playing from now on, or do you want to create a new character? Like, cause what I'm getting at too is like with the the when a new player comes in, they don't understand the concept of creating a character nine times mm-hmm. out of ten. So I have to like give them a character. Oh, for sure. This right, is right, Jundar, yeah, yeah. the the yeah. fightery fight fight guy. Oh, for sure. And, right. Yeah. Right. So yeah. that's what I'm getting at. With like, you can create the character that you want because I've created a character for them. Wise guy. That's fine. That's fine. I know you. I know. You I got what exactly I needed what I out of this conversation. <laughs> He's a crap. <laughs> can successfully trolled once again. I yes. will never learn. Never. <laughs> no. Um. So, so I have had two players at my tables in. In the recent, in within this year, we'll put it that way. I'll, I'll, def, I'll narrow it down to this year. I've had two people who have played in my home games who have come to me about the fighter class. All right. Okay. The, the most recent one uh, told me that they would never play a fighter class under any circumstances outside of the middle earth game and that was only because the middle earth game actually gave meaningful flavor to the fighter class but otherwise it was super boring and they hated it um and even that person ended up toe dipping into other things right um Mm -hmm. so so take that was the first person like wow 
I'll play a fighter in this setting because I actually like the flavor and I can put things into it, but man, it's an empty cup to begin with, right? The second player uh, had joined me for an earlier campaign and played just a smidgen of D&D in that campaign, kind of came in at the tail end, and he played a wizard or a warlock, something like that. And it, he, it was a tier two or tier three campaign. So he came to me at the end of it and said, hey, that was a lot. I want to play something that's simpler. Mm-hmm. And what he ended up picking for the next campaign was, he's like, I'll just play a fighter. A fighter looks pretty simple. I'll just do that. I, very few levels into fighter, he's like, I swung way too far in the other direction. The fighter is boring. Mm-hmm. What can I do to not play a fighter? That is the conversation that I have consistently with folks, and that's why I like I don't have any love for it. I would never play a fighter. I don't. I've never met someone who like adores it for the mechanics that it is. Now, Troy, I'm I'm looking at you because I know you like the fighter, but you like what you can bring to it. Is that uh, a fair statement? Yes. It's an. You like it, that it's an empty cup. It's, it's an empty cup, yeah. and that's and that and to me, yes. This is probably the first class in every edition of the game that has been created because it has to because it's the most common. Even even in world terms, hmm. if you're looking at everything as a class, the the most that you're going to have is the fighter. Why? Because every farmer can pick up a club and and beat sure. down yeah. an orc attack. Absolutely, yeah. And that's the basis of the fighter. That's the basis of the champion fighter, as they, they're the 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 one guy in the village that can save the day with with his pitchfork or whatever. Hmm. And John, you remember the the play test that we did of the uh, Kendall Keep? Mm-hmm. You know what my character was? Fighter, champion fighter. Really. And I have played a champion fighter probably three times since 5th edition started. Mm -hmm. And have had an absolute blast every single time. Because, and and it's the issue that I have with pretty much all character classes. Hmm. It's not what stuff the class has. It's the flavor. Hmm. To me, and this, it grinds me when Grind someone's players, like, yeah. "I want to play the Hexblade Warlock because of all all the cool stuff they get to do." Every class, every character gets to do cool things because you're the one playing them. The things in that book are just some of the special things that only that class gets to do. I'm 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 in agreement with that. I just and, yeah. And, and 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 yeah, if you want to utilize what is coming from the book to make your character cool, that's fine. That's that's how you play the game and that's and that's mm-hmm. and that's cool. I don't. I look at what kind of what kind of an attitude does my character have? What kind of a person is my character? Uh is there a class that fits that? That, that would make sense that this person would be. And 
I'm, I'm not, I don't remember the name of my Stedman. Stedman was my uh, last actual multi-level champion fighter. Hmm. He was a he was a fix-it man, and hmm. that was his thing. He walked around. He had his his big toolbox, and he had like a big wrench thing across his back. You know the whole thing, and he was he was a champion fighter. Why? Because he was a simple dude. And I did so much cool stuff with him. And <laughs> it wasn't always in combat. And that's the that's the thing. The game, and I think because you keep saying, uh, there's a point you keep making about D&D game, that it is a combat game with role-playing forced on top, right? I'm paraphrasing. I will accept that paraphrase, yeah. 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 And that's why. That's why this game will probably always be a combat game with role-playing heaped on top because everybody considers what does the class offer to make it cool rather than what can I bring out of the concept to make this character cool. Well, I, I don't know that that... Let me, let, me, let me say this. I agree with you in part. I'll, I'll half agree with you because I, I don't think that that's everybody. <laughs> I, I see that more in people that have played the game longer. If you've been playing it for more than six or seven years, maybe ten, you what ends up happening? What I've noticed with players is their 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 mind becomes crystallized in how a thing works, or how a con like this concept, or this tradition, or this thing. And I see like so whenever they play a character, they play it off the off the character sheet, mm-hmm. or they play it based on whatever little bit of flavor text there is in the in the book. Or in the campaign setting, it is it is not as often. Do, but whereas with newer players, I see them come in, and because they don't understand the concept of D anD D yet, they ask if they can do a thing, and they're just like, "What would I do in this situation?" They're not so they're not crystallized in that that mindset of the class yet that they don't think about. Well, I have these spells, and that's it. But like, they're not asking questions like, "If I use the sleep spell like this, would that work?" And then you, because what that allows me as the DM to do is say, uh, yeah, that's actually not a bad idea. You know, in order to make those, the things that we kind of want our players to do is to think outside of the box and do the really fun and interesting and rather than thematic, more cinematic type things, or then I think that that's where a lot of that comes from. It's not everybody. I see that a lot more with, with players that have been playing the game longer to where they start getting entrenched in tradition and in kind of like that mindset. Mm. Does that make sense? Uh, possibly. I mean, obviously, I mean, I've been playing for a very long time. Sure. I'm, I'm the probably the exception to that, to your rule. And there are definitely exceptions. Yeah, I'm not um, saying that's everybody, but I see that more. But, right? and there again, and it's, and it's also because people don't look at the base thing that every, you know, that all characters can do, and they don't utilize them in combat. When's the last time you saw a character at one of your tables push somebody or dodge or, or dodge. use the help action oh, or my gosh. anything I wish like they that. would yeah you you utilize those those three things that we just talked about push hmm. dodge and and help you add that to your abilities that your champion fighter have holy crap your combat's just got a little bit cooler mm-hmm. because you can now do different things yeah all i'm doing is fishing for a crit as a championship as a champion fighter 
that's all I need. That I I don't want mm. any other flavor from that class to get in my way. Because I'm making this class. I am making this character. This is my fighter. Not mm. the same hex blade that you see at every freaking table that you're ever going to play at. Not the same moon druid that you're going to get at every single player in Adventurers League that you're going to play at. This is my fighter. And mm. I'm going to play to, it. You and I are going to have to play some Savage Worlds sometimes. Because what you're describing is... Oh, yeah. I'd to love me, to. Even though it's a and d thing to you, I don't think that's D&D. But it can mm. be, and that's it the thing. Be. It can and, be. It can be. But yeah. everybody is so entrenched in this is a combat game. I'm right. looking at all the rules for my character. I know how all of this, and that's the min-max part of every player that's out there. Because every player has a bit of min-maxer in them. Mm-hmm. I do too, yeah. You know, some some of them, you know, it's it's all the way to the top, and other people, it's just a little smidge. But... I love the fact that it's a simple character because now that was the thing that I got to the point because I was a big drum banger for fourth edition when it came out. I was like, it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. By the time it was nearing its, you know, the end days, I was like, man, I just can't do it anymore Mm -hmm. because it sucked the creativity out of my playing because I had all these cards in front of me for my powers, here's a situation. I'm looking through, reading the flavor text, reading all the stuff. Hmm. I don't have anything that fits this particular situation. When I got recharged about fourth edition was when the essentials came out. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And what did I play? I played the Slayer, the Slayer Fighter, because what did Which it is do? Effectively, the same thing as the it champion, hit right? things. Yep, it yeah. hit things. And the the first night that I played that character. I crush two enemies with a boulder. You know, I I save the day by vaulting over, you know, uh, a ravine. How did I do that? Because I'm a fighter, I had a big strength, and I had the ability to jump farther, you know. Mm. So am I good out of combat? Yeah, I'm good out of combat. Why? Because I'm using my character, not my class. Mm. And, I, you know... People play how they play, and that and that is completely fine. You don't people don't like the champion fighter. You don't have to, but I do agree with with Zach. It was the first class probably created, and I also agree with John. It's the best class to teach somebody with. Hmm. Well, I think it is. Let yeah, me thought, let me throw you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Zach. Well, I was going to say so 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 we we talked a lot about the champion fighter. Um, I would maybe transition us just briefly into some of the other. Sure. Subclasses, mm-hmm. because I think that they're attempting to add a level of complexity. Um, and sometimes that works out pretty well. Um, if you look at things like the Psy Knight, or the Psy Warrior, I'm sorry, and the Echo Knight. Oh, um, yeah. Right? Like, if, That's cool stuff. A, they're adding a lot of stuff to it, and or a lot of interesting stuff to it. Part of that is... Um, needed right like like it's one fighters one of the few things that the f- first uh level that you get a subclass at you're it's not uncommon for you to get three features yeah right it they really are like okay we need to give you some really cool stuff and we need to kind of build some you know fighters rely heavily on their subclasses where other classes like the cleric do not 
mm-hmm. um, or the wizard, right? Like the wizard, it doesn't really matter what subclass you are. Uh, yeah, you know, en- enhanced not... by as opposed to hinge upon, right? Right. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I do think that they're progressing towards an interesting design, and as long as you don't mind being slightly underpowered compared to other people who aren't trying to do both things, I think the Eldritch Knight can be pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll always be a little bit frustrated because you'll never do the damage of a barbarian or a paladin, mm-hmm. and, but you'll never be the spellcaster uh, of but you'll, and you could also spellcasting class. But you can, right, you yeah, can kind of ride again, that middle road. Right. But again, that's, to me, that's, you know, World of Warcraft thinking. Well, okay, so I, I, I get you, Troy, and I, I, I like your mindset for it. The game tells us that these things are important, though. The, you know what? The game tries to tell us that they're important. I'll, I'll, I'm happy to, to give you that. Um, that's why I argue so heavily is because if I... I like D&D because it has interesting mechanics and interesting mm-hmm. mechanisms and features. If I didn't want those, if I wanted to play something that's more freeform, I would not play D&D, right? Like right. that's mm-hmm. So, I playing to its strength, playing to the thing it wants to be, I should value these things. Right, and I and I do. I mean, I don't I yeah. wouldn't just play only a champion fighter. Sure. Uh Battlemaster, I've played Battlemaster before. Um I just mm-hmm. like to play an Echo Knight. You know, I've played rogues, I've played bards, I've played, you know, I've played Mm -hmm. other classes. And I still, a lot of times, I I ignore what the class is offering me as opposed to what I'm bringing to it or what I'm using it for. And I think, Hmm. you know, those people that have that, well, you know, there's just not enough... You know, it, it's so combat heavy. Everything is so geared towards combat. Well, yes, because that's what you need the rules for. You don't need rules for the role play aspect of things. You just have to do it. Hmm. And yeah, you can make persuasion rolls or deception rolls to help if you're not that good or not that comfortable as a role player. But for me, the majority of the game comes in between the fights. Hmm. That's where the juice is at. Are the fights see, exciting? Oh yeah, they're awesome. But you said it yourself, and you said it best by when you said it yourself. It's like for me, to yeah, me, for me, right? So a personal preference thing. But I think what Zach is trying to do, and Zach, correct me if I'm wrong, is like you're trying to compare it against the rest of the game, right? Like the fighter against the wizard, ranger, rogue, oh, druid, okay. et cetera, yeah. et cetera, right? As a, then, and so that it's a, a more of a clinical approach as opposed to like a if, personal. If, and, and, and like, like I said, I'm not taking that away. Is the champion fighter class boring? Hell yeah, it is. It yeah. only does one thing. It mm-hmm. swings and it hits, and that's all it does. But it does it well, and it leaves it open for fun stuff to be put on top. It's no different than you know your run-of-the-mill warlock who just runs around Eldritch blasting everything all day long. Well, exactly. And and here's the thing, right? Like, I think that you can have a... I think that the fighter's problems shine not by itself. I think that its problems shine when it's, like John just said, in comparison to other things. It's the hardest thing about playing a fighter is playing a fighter in a group of non-fighters. 
mm-hmm. um, because when you get into those conflicts, and again, and even outside, if you're if you're rolling dice, right? Whenever you're rolling dice, the fighter feels lackluster. That's the way I'll say it. Outside of rolling dice, the fighter can feel however. But you know, how many times have you been in a group of people and this person does their the ranger does their thing and cast their you know uh, hunter's mark and then the wizard casts a spell and the barbarian rages and blah 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 and then you get to the fighter and you're like, I rolled a dice, uh, missed. Okay, your turn. Right, like that's where it gets frustrating for the player and where I feel bad as a DM is when the fighter should excel at the thing that it's named after when, when dice are hitting the table and that anytime dice hit the table, the, the fighter often feels lackluster, but, um, I, I feel like See, I'm maybe yeah, I repeating that myself I'd, a bit more. Yeah. But yeah, but I don't know that I'm not sure I'm buying that one either though, because there are, cause you're it, 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 like the champion. I agree with because the, the champion is a spe- uh, is the champion is a, meant to be flat, simple, mm-hmm. honestly, every it's man. fighter on it's, autopilot. It's the every it really Yeah, it's, it's, it's... Well, to me, it's autopilot. I it's like, do whatever. I don't have to think about it. Yeah. It's a bunch of stuff that's like all this passive things that happen, and they just it, occur the, when they occur, right? You're the button masher. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes. Whereas the, just... the battle master is one where you have, to, you have like these options mm-hmm. of like maneuvers that you can do as the landscape of the fight changes... You can start switching things up. Now, it would be nice if the Battlemaster were more like a warlord, where it was like about right. about about environmental manipulation or kind of pushing, pulling, giving you know, orders, teasing to people. out. You know, it would be not. I think that a warlord subclass would be pretty hot yeah. for a fighter. Yeah. I'd love to see that. But I mean, there are a lot of other options out there that are really good, like you guys said, samurai, echo knight, and, it's, and things like that. I think it just really boils down to. If we're talking about like it's interesting concepts and things that you're that you can like, what's yeah. the thing the, that fits the best in that? The concept, battle knight, right? the battle master is definitely a step in the right direction, but there are many steps that continue down the wrong path too, right? Purple dragon knight, looking at you, like yeah. for the first seven oh, yeah. levels, the only thing that you can do happens on your second wind, yeah, one time, right? Like it's so boring. Um, another one is the samurai, right? Yeah, Again, it's uh. Mm-hmm. You can give yourself advantage, um, but you can do that, and you can do that like three times per long rest, and you get a little bit of temporary hit points when that happens. But like, there's no actionable thing. It's just I get to. There's no cool moment. It just I can roll with advantage, um, and that's for six levels. That's for six levels. Mm-hmm. Um, again, though, I, I recognize that there are classes, subclasses, archetypes within it that work. And, and that that add to the interesting. And but, a lot, to me, and before you continue, a lot of the stuff to me, a lot of the stuff that you're beating up on, sure, is the champion fighter. And and the the you know the not like samurai and the purple dragon knight, they're they're just not good class creations. But I think you know the champion fighter is a good class creation for what it is. It does its job perfectly. And if you and if we're matching this to other classes, how many other classes? Every subclass, every Watsi subclass knocks it out of the park. None. Every class has crap subclasses associated with it. That's fair. I'm not. I, I'll give you that. I just. Mm, I feel like it's either crap. 
or they have to they have to load it up to make up for the base class. Well, we, might as well we should be talking about the ranger then, if that's the if you're, that's what you're getting at, because it almost sounds like you're like you could pretty much plug in, you could interchange fighter and ranger well, for a lot of the complaints. So, so that you're the about. ranger saving grace, the ranger's only saving grace, is that it has spells, and at low levels, it has it can be interesting because it has some fun little spells that only it gets or that it can kind of fiddle with to make it interesting. And, and you can be a gloom stalker. And you, yeah, but but. You, to, to, to John's point, like the base class can be interesting at low levels because it has spells. Um, oh, wait, wait, wait. So we're gauging interest and how interesting it is, though, as a class, right? But Because uh, I would argue, like, one of my favorite, like, the one non-dwarf character that I've played that is easily my favorite mm-hmm. is Tiberius, who is a half-orc fighter that mm-hmm. wants to be a paladin. Mm-hmm. And he... Lo- he he mm-hmm. agonizes over not being able to like cast divine spells and why won't Torm listen to me? Why mm-hmm. won't he answer my prayers? Mm-hmm. That to me like but that's a that's compelling that's compelling because of the character and I who gives a crap about the, the mechanics. I think the only thing is like I want I want my fighters to behave a certain way or operate in a certain way, and they a lot of times they don't. You know, like to me as the fighter, I want to be able to be a good meat shield. Go up uh, taunt, provoke, whatever. I want to pull. I want things to fight me instead of fighting everybody else. And I want to be able to take a good. I want to take a good beating. Mm-hmm. But even still, I haven't really seen a lot of stuff in the fighter that makes them good meat shields outside of having good AC, which the cleric can do also. And the cleric can keep themselves up with by healing themselves whenever they get whacked. Whereas the fighter really only gets that with second wind, which is yeah. nice because they get it every short rest and it's a bonus action, right? You, you want you want something that you want something like a, a damage mitigation like what the barbarian has, something and like that, ta- and taunting abilities like what fight, the fighter had in fourth edition. Kind of, and, and I my, agree. But what I don't want it to do is, to your point, I don't want it to be like World of Warcraft. You know, I no, don't, but I don't want to do that. But there's stuff in there like from you could probably cobble together a really freaking interesting fighter from a lot of the stuff that's in the subtypes or the subclasses. Mm-hmm. Like if you took hold the line. From the Cavalier, right? It's where it, anything that enters into my threat range, whack, they can't move anymore because I've essentially like I've disabled them or I've hamstrung them or something like that, right? Those things where I can lock them down and I can, but it's still it's a, it's thematic, it's and it's still it's on theme and it's and it's uh, and it makes sense, right? Instead of just I saying, totally agree, yeah. Pull, push, the whole slide thing, push, pull, slide, mm-hmm. and all the crap that you would do in in fourth edition. Uh, that's my thing. Is like I think that there's no fighter subtype or subclass that I would play to twenty. Unless oh, I wouldn't play anything to twenty. Well, I would play cleric to twenty. I've done that before. I love cleric to twenty because then I get mm-hmm. divine intervention, and that's awesome. My God mm-hmm. will listen to me. <laughs> they will. I've I've put it. I've paid my dues. You will listen. Um. Back. So whenever when I cry out to Crom, I will not have to say to hell with you. This is what I'm saying. He won't listen anyway. That's true. <laughs> well, here uh, I, I I don't know. Like I knew I knew that with the fighter class we were going to have strong opinion. We're not going to we're not going to solve the fighter. Oh yeah, there's right? no solving it. But... There's no mm-hmm. solving right. Like and and and. But um, I thought and and it was right. Fighter makes for a good discussion. Um, 
strong opinions. Troy loves it. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's fascinating to me. You know what? The fact that you like it so much, Troy, is a, is reason enough that it should be in there because there, you're not alone, I, you know, certainly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess we'll let it, it slide this time. It's, it's my blank canvas. <laughs> you know, that's, that's how blank, I see. all right. That, that champion. Look, I'm glad you like the champion because I would not. That's one I wouldn't play for like five levels. I just couldn't. I would be bored out of my skull. Oh, with that. It, I, I'll say this: it, if I ever get called to you know to jump into a one shot or you know, hey, I need a DM to fill this table. You know, do you got a character? I'm going to play a champion fighter mm. because yeah. you know I'm one. I'm not there to hog the, the spotlight. From the other players, oh, so, you're, so you're you're admitting that you're wanting to play a less effective class. Carry on, that's fine. That's fine. Hey, hey, I'm, hey, I'm speaking no. for Zach now. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no. I'm glad I won you over on this one. Like, <laughs> no, no, I've already said my piece on the champion. It has its. It has yeah, its I, I'm just so because, because I'm there to play. I'm there to have fun, and I'm yeah. there to show people that yeah, it's not just a button masher. You don't have mm-hmm. to just be a button masher. You can do other cool things with your with any class. You know. It doesn't have to be just the vanilla champion fighter, and I'm sorry, but the best flavor of ice cream is vanilla. Why? Because you could add anything you want to it. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to respectfully disagree on that one. Oh, what do you but like? That's fine. Pralines and cream. <gasps> How did you know? I can just tell. Seriously, yeah, that's actually my favorite. I can just tell. Oh, butter pecan? Oh, my baby. Butter pecan. <laughs> Cream, yeah, dude. Ah, well, actually, no, that's not true. What a Hang great on, way to end the fighter with uh, pralines and cream. <laughs> pralines and cream, uh, or Baskin Robbins. Uh, oh my god, I'm hungry now. Um, <laughs> what is it? Uh, pistachio almond. Oh my god, it's oh, the best thing in the, in the universe. I'll, that I'll, I'll so sidle good. up to that. Um, well, hey, uh, goodness gracious, let's do another one of these again sometime. Yes, um, let's. let's and something that you know what? I'm I'm gonna put my foot down. Oh. As if, as if that mattered, as if that foot, that that's one of that's one of six present feet. So it doesn't it doesn't have much of an argument. Uh, oh, I thought you said, like, wait, you have six legs. You have six. Well, that too. Um, I would like to talk about the bard or the wizard next. The most hated class in all the universe. The, Which bard. One? the bard. The bard. Or the bard? Wizard? bard. You hate the bard. Yeah. Oh, oh, I yeah. cannot wait for this discussion. Let yeah. it let it be, sir. Let it be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're gonna go ahead Until and talk it down for friends. next week. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, we're 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 meeting at the bar next week. Yeah. Get your get your no, get your I battle will. pants on, sir. Uh, my my champion fighter is gonna whip the shit out of that bard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll have my loot ready, sir. Loot at the ready. <laughs> ah, mm-hmm. Wonderful. You be yeah. So, whatever. Well, anyone who has managed to stay long enough to man- to make their maneuver their way through this episode to the very end, I commend you. Um, it, it has been it has been a push, uh, but we have made it, uh, and we will continue on to newer and better things next week. Um, if you enjoyed this for some reason. Um, <laughs> We do this. We do this every week, um, and sometimes twice a week. Uh, every Tuesday, you can come watch us live on Twitch. 
and then Sunday evenings, we also typically record something special on the Twitcherverse. Um, you can also head over to Facebook and give us a follow uh, there and get notified anytime we go live and also keep up with things like the conventions that we're heading to and things like that. And then last but not least, or maybe there's more than one thing that I'm forgetting, but Discord. Um, our Discord is, is nice. I like it. Uh, mm, Troy same. made a good one, and we've got some cool people in there that I like sure. chatting with. So uh, you should come on by and become one of those cool people yourself. Thank you. <clears throat> Anything I'm missing, fellas? I think you got it, man. I don't think so. Just uh, you know, if you're uh, if you're listening to this uh, on your favorite uh, podcast catcher, uh, give us a subscribe, nice. give us a review. It helps other people find us. And mm-hmm. uh, we'd love love to have you as our a new member of our uh, our happy little family. Mm. That's right. Okay. Aww. Well, hey, thank you so much, Troy. Thank you so much, Sean, for hanging out. Thanks to Chat for sticking with us. Until next week, we'll see you next time. Have a great game, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Stay safe. really it is you know what it is it is the i called my boss whenever i was drunk kind of thing you were looking for an analogy about like whenever i trash talk watsy and then i regret it immediately after that's what it is it's like i call my boss and i'm drunk let me yeah. tell you what i really think about you and then i'm like scrambling to get his phone the next morning and delete my message or something like that yes yes i love you watsy <laughs> yes i love you i really do I knew about 10 minutes into that rant that John was going to regret it and we were going to have a conversation on about Tuesday or Wednesday about whether we were releasing this episode.